I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Boy, another opportunity to see how wrong I was. Well, okay, I was less wrong. For the first time in F1's history, we are going into a new season with the exact same lineup that we ended this season on. Oh, this is really, really dull. But don't worry, next year we'll make up for it, trust me. So for Williams, I predicted that it would be Alex Albon and Logan Sargent. Turns out I was correct. The laps that Logan put into testing really did make a difference and really added to the amount of data that Williams passed through to justify Logan getting a second season. Them being very, very, very into their data. Oh, Mr. Vowles, you mathematical guy, you give it to us raw. The data, I mean. What were you thinking I was talking about? Williams did get off to a good start with the sheer amount of reliability they had in testing, especially after the last couple of seasons where they really had a truncated testing and their brakes would catch fire. That didn't happen this time, thankfully. And yes, I did point out that I thought Williams would get back into the midfield, and they sort of did. Even though they were still miles behind Alpine, but I still classify them as a midfield team. I don't consider them in the back marker category because that's usually eighth or below. If AlphaTauri turns out to be better next year, I think it's going to be a very tall task for them keeping seventh. Then I predicted that Haas would keep the same lineup, and they did. They took out that option for Nico Hulkenberg to remain with them because that was only a one-year contract, a one-plus-one sort of deal. I also predicted that these two would put their past differences aside, and they did. There was no drama concerning both of them. They didn't get into any bust-ups or arguments. They sort of just did their own thing, honestly. And the only little bit of fireworks that we really did see was Nico Hulkenberg really starting to speak up and calling out the Haas team that they really need to change their ideas for next season or else they're just going to get more of the same, which is absolutely true. Nico had to be the one to say it. And considering also that Salba really wanted Nico for next year if the rumours were true and Gunther managed to stop that in his tracks by taking up said option, they've really got to do a lot to try and convince Nico that he should stay with them for even longer. The thing I talked about in the original video is that I could see both of those drivers seeing out their careers at Haas. The K-Mag, yeah, I still think that because I don't see him anywhere else, honestly, because he is the definitive Haas driver alongside Grusion. As for Nico, though, oh, I really don't see him there for the long term because he's too good for Haas, honestly. Probably jumping ship at the first sign of asking and going to Salva, you can tell that they're not happy with that decision. Some high up figures in the team are impressing upon Joe that there cannot be any more mistakes for 2024. But here's a thought though, Salva. Why don't you give your drivers a more interesting car instead of a car which makes us forget they're even driving? So, as you can tell, my first two predictions for Williams and Haas started off really well. But here's where the wheels come off, folks. I predicted that Yuki would be gone and that Nick DeVries would have stayed the course. Oh no! Oh no 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 no! I was so wrong. I was so wrong in thinking that Yuki was done. No. This was the season, in fact, that made Yuki Tsunoda into the driver that he is. A much more complete package. He is going to remain there for 2024, and convincingly so. He was the guy that was carrying Alpha Tauri when things looked so dire at the beginning of the year. And then when Daniel Ricciardo came in, he managed to step up. 
He even held his own against Liam Lawson. And that was really impressive because I was really, really concerned that he would have been completely washed away. Daniel Ricciardo would have come in. He would have gotten those good results. And we sort of got a glimpse of that in Mexico, where Yuki was odds on for getting AlphaTauri the double points finish. And then he made that mistake with Oscar, but Daniel picked up the pieces. But in the end, that Abu Dhabi race, that was impressive. And it was just so unlucky. But Nick DeVries, man, that was just so unfortunate. Him leaving after 10 races, being pushed out like that, that was not fair. That was barely any time to get settled in a team that was really not designed for him. And it was quite clear that the mechanics and the crew were really rating him highly. Yuki Tsunoda in particular rating Nick DeVries' good input and feedback, probably being very vital in the development of the upgrades that came to the AlphaTauri too late for him to even sample. Yeah, that was not a good decision from Helmut Marco. This really was a clangor. But I was right in thinking that there would be a change in name. I didn't think it was going to be something so corporate as it would be insert your name here, racing bulls, insert your name here, this is a cool spot. And then I predicted that Liam Lawson would get the full-time seat for 2024. Well, I sort of was too late on that one, kind of, because he did get a chance to drive for Alpha Tauri and he did a good job in it, but it was only for a temporary stay. You gotta give him a potential candidacy for the 2025 AlphaTauri seat or whatever they're gonna be called, because he has done the business. And I really think he could do very well. And I still stand by him being an F1 driver in the future. And his stint with AlphaTauri was something commendable. In any case, I didn't think that Daniel Ricciardo would go back to AlphaTauri first before then going elsewhere. That I did not see coming, but I am really pleased that Yuki was able to stick it out against him. What Yuki's done, and hopefully he'll do in 2024, is make his option for the second Red Bull seat no longer an impossibility, but an improbability. There is a difference. Now, Sauber. I was so close to being right on this one. I thought it would have been Valtteri Bottas and Teo Porcher in 2024. And according to Teo himself, he was a snifter away from getting that second seat. But unfortunately, things broke down at the very last minute and Zhou Guanyu got the second seat instead. You think that Sauber kind of settling for this lineup because they really do need the money because Audi's really not giving them the income that I thought they would be giving right now. In fact, Every single thing you're hearing from Audi is always negative, like they're getting cold feet or they're about to pull the plug, something which they expressly deny, mainly for the fact that their leadership has changed and they've been less enthusiastic about motorsport than the previous head. But you feel like they are really relying more on Zhou Guanyu's money. That Chinese sponsorship is very important. And also what I said earlier about all of the stuff they're saying, you had better not make any mistakes, Joe, because we're really counting on you, ditching Teo, who's now gone off to Super Formula. I am kind of disappointed this didn't play out. Considering this is Salba, they have the autonomy to put in their academy driver and they didn't take it. That, 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 that was a crying shame. As for Valtteri, though, at the moment, considering how the car's been this season, it really gives off the impression that he's just pulling a Kimi. He's just coasting, waiting out the clock probably going to retire at the end of next season and then go off to do other things. But I really hope that that's not the case and that he's still got some fire in him. If he's given a good car, as we saw at the beginning of 2022, he can pull in some really good results and be a really good role model for the team. But it's just we've not seen it this year to justify his place in Formula One anymore. I'm happy that he's more relaxed and that he's been able to find a good groove, but it's not really translated into good results, but that's not entirely his fault, let's be fair. Also, there's a little surprise that Sauber is mooting, that they've got some kind of surprise for their team name in 2024. That has got a little bit of a nostalgic twist, and I'm going to call it out right now. They got Petronas back, didn't they? Considering that Mercedes have lost the Monster sponsorship, which is a big deal, they've had it since before Mercedes was a thing. 
I wouldn't be surprised if they lost another big sponsor too. Watch the space here, folks. Then we talked about Aston Martin, and oh boy, Lance Stroll was back at it again and made things all the more complicated. It's Lance and Fernando. I was right about Fernando though, but let's just talk about Lance here, because he's had a very up and down season, but I am pleased to see that all the stuff that happened at Qatar, his lowest point in his entire career, I reckon, maybe Monaco 2022 as well, but he was able to step up from that and provide some good results in Brazil and then in Vegas. That was really, really good. But you just feel like Felipe Drogovic, he is a really compelling talent as well. In his role as the reserve driver and their main tester, he's done an excellent job. The Abu Dhabi FP1 session, he was clearly ahead of all the other rookies. And of course, he's had a good amount of running, but it just makes you wonder, what? why isn't he in the car? Because he is doing a good job for that team. The feedback that he's probably got from Fernando has probably been quite vital. And yeah, okay, Fernando, I mean, well, obviously, of course he's going to be there. Aston Martin are going to let him stay for as long as he wants to be there. And I don't see him leaving because this is a team where he's picked right. The right team at the right time, finally, after a decade of not doing that. So Aston Martin and Fernando, I think they're like that for the foreseeable future. Who will partner him in the future? I don't know. Lance Stroll might be there for another few years. He might go off to the World Endurance Championship with the Valkyrie Project. We don't know. I'm not going to be making that call right here. You're going to have to subscribe and wait for my 2025 driver prediction video if you want that juicy gossip. Then we go to McLaren. But wait, why would this be a hard prediction? Because they're already locked in for 2024, and it has. But I decided to have a little bit of a flight of fancy and come up with an emergency lineup just in case Lando Norris, if McLaren turned out to be very mediocre, which they weren't, would decide that enough was enough and that he needed to be in charge of his own destiny. That the loyalty he had toward that team that gave him his start in Formula One had run dry. That he would look elsewhere for a potential team that could give him the results. And I thought it would have been Mercedes. No, no, no. Well, I thought with a heavy amount of copium, it would have been Nick Schumacher. My logic being at the time that it was the fact that he was a reserve driver for the team, given that he is a Mercedes reserve and he is open to all of the Mercedes-powered teams. Toto really wanting him at Williams for next year, and Val's rebuffing him, thankfully. If that were to have happened, Lando leaving, it most likely for 2024 would have been Oscar Piastri and Pado Award, based on the way things have been going, and that Alex Pelot is no longer with the team, and he's now facing a very, very big bill for breaching the contract. You don't mess with Zach Brown and contracts. I think it's become very, very clear. He will go for you. He really will. You really want Zach Brown dogpiling on you because he'll do it. But let's be fair here. McLaren do have a lot of drivers. They are seriously becoming the next Red Bull Junior program. Their development driver list is getting massive. It's crazy. But given the fact that McLaren have turned a corner and they are genuinely on a really good path and the fact that the 2025 rule tweaks are not happening anymore, the outwash being pushed back another year, McLaren seem to be on a really good path and why would Lando leave? And if Zach Brown isn't working on another extension for Lando, giving him another two years at the Papaya team, I would be shocked right now. Same goes for Oscar. I think that team lineup is going to be there for a very long time. Why would you change it? As for Alpine, yeah, this was kind of locked into because they were contracted for 2024. But again, I did have an emergency lineup prediction just in case there were some fracas and internal struggles that would have seen Pierre and Esteban coming to blows. That didn't happen, thankfully. They were mature enough to keep their distance and keep things clean. Yes, they are not friends. But I feel like that 
If one of them were to have gone in 2024, it would have been Esteban because he would have been there the longest. He's really not kicked on since his 2021 victory. And Gasly's really come on strong, especially after the summer break. He got a podium as well as Esteban. And he's really just carried himself more like a team leader than Esteban has really. Because yes, Ocon has gotten the results, but he's not really gone about it in a very clean manner. And considering that Alpine are really trying to change themselves for the better, especially with that external investment, any negative media that Esteban tends to find himself in is not going to look good because outside investors do put up a lot of pressure. And I think Gasly's been very smart in that regard. And also he's just gelled well with the team. But I thought that it would have been Zhou Guan Yu coming in to replace Ocon. And that, in hindsight, was completely wrong because I even said it in the video. He's not part of the Alpine Academy anymore. Why would they put him in there? Instead, it really would have been Jack Doohan because it's quite clear that Alpine are lining him up for 2025 and him being a potential candidate to replace one of the drivers. Or hey, maybe both might go. Gasly might get a better deal elsewhere. And then it could be easily Mick Schumacher and Jack Doohan for 2025. Is this a really good idea? Because he's turned down a year at IndyCar to stand around the Alpine garage with a pair of headphones on taking notes much like Oscar was doing in 2022. Okay, this might lead to him getting loads and loads of kilometers testing the A521 from 2021. This could be very useful, but I don't really see a place for him unless something really big happens, unless Alpine lose both drivers for 2025. But hey, at least he's getting some kind of practice. So uh, be ready for that video. I'm really not going to talk much about Ferrari because they were contracted for 2024 and they stayed the course. But there is a video that I'd like you to watch after this video where I do talk about their long-term future and how things are looking uh, very curious indeed. Now, Mercedes. I predicted that if Lewis Hamilton had run out of patience with Mercedes after another winless season, which did happen, he would have called it quits. He wouldn't have had the patience. Well, turns out he did have the patience. Or very, very good bargaining skills. He's there for another two years alongside George Russell. I then was correct in that sense that the lineup would stay the same, that Lewis would continue. But I did have another emergency thing. That thing I talked about earlier, that Lando would have replaced Lewis if he did make a shock retirement announcement. Yeah, no, no. Why would, um, why would Lando go in hindsight to a team which is objectively not performing well? Of course, the W15 could be miles better than W14. I mean, it's got to be at least a little bit better. But right now, McLaren just look like the more complete team, in my opinion. They are the ones that will be probably the most suitable challenges to Red Bull for 2024 and beyond, because they've got everything together. Whereas all of the other teams, Mercedes and Ferrari, they got some major weakness that they are trying to overcome. Though, yeah, that, that was a silly decision, honestly. And I really don't see it changing unless Lewis does make a shock retirement announcement. The W15 is not good enough and he decides enough is enough. Now, Red Bull. I predicted that Daniel Ricciardo would have replaced Checo for 2024. Yeah, I was a year too soon for that one. But good on Checo for doing enough in 2023 to get one more year, at least at the time of making this video. Things could easily change. He could have a really bad start to the season, and then Daniel comes in at the last minute, because they can kind of do that. But I'm really pleased that Checo at least has a chance to see out his contract. He is contracted for 2024, but I don't see him getting another extension, because that's clearly what Red Bull don't want to do because they do have drivers coming up which could be good candidates. They have Yuki Tsunoda. Even though he is a Honda driver as well as a Red Bull Junior driver, he's still an option. And if he does hold his own, like I said earlier, he could be a good candidate. But Daniel Ricciardo 
is the bookie's choice, mainly for the fact that he is a PR media darling. He would be a very popular choice for everybody. All of the paddock would love to see him there because everyone likes him. Yes, some people argue that he's overrated. The fact that Yuki was able to hold his own for the most part when he came in is a little bit of a concern that he's probably still not at his best after his torrid time with McLaren. That's up for debate, of course. But you've got to admit that Daniel and Max would be a very popular lineup and also a trouble-free one. Because that Daniel Ricciardo of 2018, I don't think that's there anymore, chasing titles. Quite frankly, Daniel will be just happy to be there in a car that can go for wins. He might be able to get a cheeky victory if Max falters, or he will at least be able to be on the podium consistently, show that he still got it before he then bows out eventually. And then another Red Bull junior driver, maybe Liam Lawson, could then step up to the plate and be ready to lead the team when Max Verstappen either quits early because he gets bored or he retires after his contract runs out in 2028 and they then have at least a stable young driver to then back. Who knows? But yeah, I feel like I was a little bit too early with this one. But I am glad that Yuki Tsunoda is probably now up for some small sense of consideration. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Thanks for listening to my ladder ramblings. If you liked what you heard, do be sure to leave a five-star rating on your podcasting platform of choice. I really do appreciate it. And until the next time I traverse the ladder, I hope you have a pleasant day. Goodbye. <laughs>